Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Youth and Culture Podcast, where youth ministry and culture collide. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host, David Pinko. We survived. All nine of us got COVID and all nine of us recovered. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I know. This has got to be like the second or third time y'all had COVID in the house. Uh, knock on wood. We still have not had COVID (laughs) knock on wood. Um, yeah, we're in, we just got back from Disney going to Disney. We're all as a family and we went last week. So that's one of the reasons why we didn't release more two reasons is because you got COVID. Yep. Uh, I was on vacation and so we didn't release a video. I mean, not a video, but episode last week. Um, yeah, so we went to Disney world and, and funny thing is that, We've been spending so many weeks of trying not to get sick leading mm-hmm. up to Disney. Uh, and then my youngest, uh, Aiden, gets uh, sick, running a fever the Monday before, uh, freaking out, running a fever. We ended up getting COVID, tested for COVID. He was negative, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after 24 hours, he was fine. So we're like, thank you. And then we get there down to Disney. Then my wife gets sick the first day and misses one of the parks the first day. Uh, Did you go to Star Wars? Yes, I did. Did you build a lightsaber? Yes. I did not want to spend $500 (laughs) plus on a lifesaver. That's how much those were? Yes. Holy cow. They're stupidly expensive. They're cool looking. I'm not going to pay hundreds of dollars for a piece of plastic. Wow, that's just, insane. I saw a video um, of a kid uh, doing some Star Wars thing at Disney, I think. And like they had Darth Vader come out on the stage and yeah. the the young Jedi in training were supposed to like face off with him. And this, I think it was like a little girl came and she walks up with her tiny little lightsaber. And the actor who's a Jedi was like, all right, now what do you do? And, and you're supposed to get into like this warrior stance against Darth Vader, you know, because you're going to fight him off. <laughs> She gets down on one knee to start pledging allegiance to Darth Vader. <laughs> like Anakin did in episode three. <laughs> that is hilarious. And the yeah, Jedi was, I've never seen Sony move so fast. He's like, no, 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 you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, there's a, uh, yeah, there was a, as much, the use that they have like Darth Vader walking through, meeting people and a, and a bunch of other stuff that because of COVID, everything was so supposedly socially distanced. So everyone was off from a distance. I didn't see Darth Vader when I was there. I went to Hollywood Studios twice. Wow. Um, We did see a bunch of stormtroopers, Chewbacca, uh, stuff like that. It was pretty cool. Yes. My kids had a blast. Uh, So with all that, and of course, I'm a Star Wars nut. So I was going to ride the rise of the Resistance ride, even though it was a two-hour wait, over a two-hour wait. Worth every minute. Wow. I don't think I'm ever going to take my family to Disney World. Well, you have seven kids, so yeah, it's a little bit understandable. I think it's gonna. If I were to take my kids and my family, I think we're talking a minimum, minimum, 
at least ten to fifteen thousand dollars, if not much higher than that. Probably, probably it was it was like for us we were we were saved up for this for a couple of years, and when we sold our house, uh, gave us really gave us opportunity to to actually go. So we and plus we want to do something for our kids, moving transitioning ministries, mm-hmm. um, and uprooting them from all their friends and their going to schools and all this stuff like that. So we want to do spe- something special for them. Uh, it was it was more fun going to Disney World just to see my kids freak out. Oh, I'm sure. Yes, that that part was cool when they especially when they saw Chewbacca and and Stormtroopers and Rise of Resistance is kind of like an experience. Oh yeah, and, uh, going through like a ride and actually you're being interrogated. Uh, basically, you're being captured by the First Order, then in, in put into an interrogation room and and interrogated by uh, Kylo Ren. It, it, it was a lot of fun. Wow. That's cool. Did you resist? Oh, we got we got, we got rescued. Oh, by so the resistance. My, but mind tricks don't work on you. Only money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, anyway, so we, so um, so we went. So as we're meeting together, when you and me, I want to talk. We're I actually wanted to discuss something that it's 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 a topic that a lot of us don't want to hear. Yep. But we need to know in that, and that is um, when to quit. Now, David, you and I both are very much proponents of longevity in ministry, with mm-hmm. longevity in one location, uh, yep. particular location, because uh, we know the value of that, the value of influence that has birthed out of that longevity in one location. Mm-hmm. Um, we both have strong beliefs in that. But at the same time, uh, you and me both know that there are situations uh, for various reasons why you would need to move on from a current ministry. Yeah, and I've been through it. You've been through it. We both have had conversations with other youth pastors who've been through it and other senior pastors. Um, if you're listening and you're one of our church members, don't freak out. We're just talking about a topic. <laughs> that, is that is true. We're not getting restless. Calm down. Um, but it's something we've both experienced in the past, and we've no brothers in Christ who have dealt with this before. So it's one of those things where um, you you you, you got to talk about it because um, I don't think we know anyone that knows how to do this perfectly. Yeah, I think somebody along the way has screwed something up when it comes to knowing when it's time to leave. No, absolutely. And before we kind of dive in uh, into when to quit, I kind of wanted to take a few minutes, maybe discuss of why you should stay mm-hmm. um, and reasons uh, not to quit. Uh, for, number one, I think over the top of my head is don't quit just because ministry is hard. And you're a difficult part of, of ministry, whether it's like right now, COVID. I'll use COVID as a perfect example is mm-hmm. that uh, I, I'm going to have an opportunity to talk to a lot of a lot of pastors across the country through uh, Youth Ministry Booster doing soul care for them. And one thing that's during COVID that's definitely been going on is just outright discouragement. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in ministry right now because you doesn't matter what you do, you're you're constantly getting bombarded of negative comments, negative feedback from parents, congregating the congregants, either wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, um, just 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 very divisive. 
divisiveness in the church and through social media and whatnot. And just because we're going through some of the period right now, to me, it's not a good reason to quit. And here's why is you're always going to deal with crappy people because you can tell why we're, you're always going to deal with crappy people. It's because we're all crappy people. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I think that's the original Greek in Romans, right? All have uh, fallen short of the glory, all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. I think the original Greek was what you said. Because <laughs> we're, <'cause>, yeah, <laughs> the, fa the fact is we're, we're all, we're all sinful human beings. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you're going to deal with mess in the church. Just look at first, second Corinthians. It was, it was messy. You're dealing with imperfect, sinful people. And out, and what's birthed out of that is a lot of junk and you deal mm -hmm. with it in ministry. And, and of course, in, in various communities, uh, you may see that a little bit more than others. Um, like, a, uh, in various degrees and what it looks like may vary, but we, we are going to deal with, with junk in ministry so dealing with stuff like that it's not a good reason to leave uh yeah. you're it's just really it's not because you're you're going to move in one imperfect place to another imperfect place uh and if you think you're going to there's a perfect church or community out there you're someone's selling you lies yeah uh, and if you do find one as soon as you join it won't be anymore so <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex yeah, ex exactly. Um, so that, that's that's one number one reason not to leave. Um, is don't leave because the ministry's hard. Uh, ministry al is always going to be hard. It's always going to be difficult. Uh, but it's the most rewarding thing you can ever do. Uh, when you see people come to Christ and grow in their faith, because with the good, with the good, there's always going to be bad. Mm -hmm. um, and you saw that even with the early church dealing with persecution, the church was growing. Uh, thousands of people were coming to Christ, and the, but at the same time, there was a great amount of persecution at the same time. So with, with the good, there's always going to be junk alongside that. That, that is just, just part of being a believer in Christ. The fact is, is that our message is offensive, and because it's mm -hmm. offensive to our culture, there's always going to be baggage and junk that goes along, goes along with well, it. Well, and even internally, I mean, could you imagine if Peter quit after uh, Ananias and Sapphira did what they did? Yeah, like you know, the first time you know, oh man, I can't believe our own people are lying to us. This is ridiculous. Then the wife comes in, and he's like, seriously, you know what? I can't handle this anymore. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 Dustin, number one reason is don't quit for that. Don't and so that's probably the biggest thing that I hear a lot of people difficulty of wanting to lead towards quitting in ministry because it gets hard. Mm -hmm. um, so don't quit. But there are situations where ministry is hard. But not necessarily ministry, as, as there's some aspects that it is okay, then maybe God's calling you to move on. Um, and I would make a distinction here, if you don't yeah. mind. I, there's a difference between quitting and moving on. Yeah. Um, because I think the second reason, I think that maybe the second biggest, I don't know, you might not agree with this, Ryan, but um, to, the second reason not to quit is because and, and I'm not going to define this for you. If you're the listener, you're going to have to define this for yourself. Okay. Um, you've been called to do this. This is not just like a, a dartboard decision. You were called into ministry. Um, you can, however you want to explain how you got the call. I know everybody had a different aha moment or whatever. Um, I would even make the argument that an argument could be made if you are ordained um, that is the church recognizing the Lord's call in your life. So if you've been called to do something, you fulfill that calling faithfully. 
and and not just ah, I think I'm going to go do something different. Um, I told you, Ryan, during my last transition that I was tempted very much to drop out of ministry for a while, go find a secular job, find a large church to hide in and heal for a little bit Um, because it's easy to fall through the cracks in a large church. Um, You know, just leave me alone. I just need to worship with my family and go home. Um, I was tempted to do that, but my wife reminded me, you accepted a call into the ministry. This wasn't something you just picked from a dartboard. It wasn't something you took some weird aptitude test for and this came out on top. Like you told me multiple times we've had the conversation you were called to do this. So you need to be obedient to that. And I think that's another good reason um not to quit. But that also leads into what you're about to talk about when it comes to more than just hard. Yeah, so one one thing that I'm going to say, just say something practically. Okay, so we're going to go with some practical stuff, and then uh, a little bit more, a little bit more in depth. So the first thing is just just sometimes you have to make a tough decision based off of uh, what you're getting paid, uh, your salary, because here's the reality: is that um, as your family grows um, and your responsibilities, your kids get older, expenses. Your salary has to grow with that. Your compensation has to grow with that. You got to keep get, them alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and here's here's a, here, here's a sad note. And again, I do I really do believe that the local church is going to get to a point where all pastors are bivocational. I really do believe that. But I see the right on the wall when it comes to culture. Uh, I do think that's that's in the pipeline for the future. So I'm not talking about what's going to be happening in the future when I, when we're talking about pay. I'm talking about the here and now. Um, but if you get in a situation where you can't afford to, to, uh, to pay for insurance or get, you get to a point where you're, you're looking at getting your, getting your family on food stamps because you can't, because you can't afford to even feed your family. Um, you have to make a decision so that, and you need to talk to your church first and, and ask and let them know that say, Hey, we're struggling in, in this area. And I'm not talking about you wasting your money on fruitful, li- yeah. um, just wasting your money on crap. This is you spend your money wisely and struggling. And if you need to go to your leadership and just have a talk with them and let them know that this is where you're at financially. Um, and if the, if the church can't financially support you and your family, you do have to make a decision, say, but maybe I need to move on. Um, to somewhere where they, my parent, my family can be supported, man. Because I can remember when, when I first started candidating at churches, and again I was married at the time. Um, I still first, are. Yes, yeah, still. <laughs> oh yeah. Same oh, woman. Yes. Okay. That guess that was a bad. <laughs> that's, that's a bad way to introduce that. Um, yes, I am married and still married. Okay. So, but, um, but yeah. So, yeah. We okay. Married. Um, my firstborn was was on the way. My wife was pregnant with my firstborn. And I can remember interviewing a church, and again, I, I candidated and interviewed in multiple churches. And it was it was near the beach. I forget where at North Carolina, but it was near near the beach somewhere. And of course, living at the beach, cost of living is higher, very mm-hmm. high. Uh, it's just the way it is living on the beach. And I can remember this church. Uh, we get down to because we had multiple conversations, and then when it got down to what the compensation would be. 
and they said $35,000 and that's not including your insurance. That's without including your insurance. I had to provide my own insurance and all this stuff. And I had to look, I had to say, I just robbed the bat. I just, without even thinking, I had to say no. And I can remember them asking me why, why did I say no? And I said, um, can I be honest with you? And they said, absolutely. And I said, well, your, your salary is, can barely even support a single person in that area. They would, they would struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, I have a wife and I have a kid on the way and I can't, I can't live off of support them based off of that, that salary and that compensation. Uh, so there, there's going to be times that, that as you as you grow, as your family grows and that if you can't support your family, you may have to leave. And that's not, and that sounds bad when I say it, like it's all about how much you get paid. But at the same time, your first ministry is taking care of your family. That's your first responsibility. Here, one of the things we need to make clear about the pay issue, this is not about us getting paid enough so we can have a Bugatti and live in a 15 story mansion. All right. That's not what we're going for here. This is, we're talking about, can I support my family? I would even say, make the argument, can you support your family without government assistance? Um, that That's an argument to be made. Now, when you get to my situation where you have, you know, almost a literal ton of kids, um, maybe that's not uh, a reasonable argument to make uh, because that can be helpful. But the the question is, and this is something my pastor said when, when we were talking about the hiring process. Um, it's kind of a like you get what you pay for situation. Um, that there's an aspect of it where you know he had to educate our church. Like if you want someone who's going to stay and invest and not just use us as a stepping stone to their next bigger and better ministry, then we need to pay them what they're worth. Um, we need to take care of the family, um, and that's a good attitude to have from the church. Is do you want a slave or do you want a shepherd? Um, because. I have had conversations with pastors where they have been treated like they're just a workhorse or a donkey, and that's their job is to just do what the church wants and will pay you a pittance. And really, you should be doing this for free because it's a ministry. I've heard that from I've heard that from Christian school teachers. Why are we being paying you? This should be a ministry. It's like, yeah, well, my kids have to eat, okay? So, <laughs> um, yeah, well, th- yeah, this is when and getting back to our argument, we're quick. We move on uh, about bivocational if you're bivocational it's it's a little bit different if you're if you're bi if you're bivocational um and i hate to say it like this that you're hired part-time you should only do part-time in other words um understand that your your pay is reflecting how much hours you need to work because uh, your family is ultimately your priority yeah, so that's that's another thing too. Bivocational is a little bit different because that's something that you're choosing to get into. And quite frankly, I applaud you if you're if you're if you're listening right now and you're bivocational. Mm-hmm. I applaud you. I do, I do feel like that's where we're going as the church at large. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I I have I I really feel I even thrown around like my wife. Uh, it upsets my wife because my wife doesn't like change, but I've I've thrown that around with her. Uh, about what if God, what if God moved us, moved me to be a bivocational pastor, um, to under with the understanding of that uh, I can provide more for us financially, but at the same time uh, doing ministry mm-hmm. and 
and what that looks like. And anyway, so um, all that to say this for me and for David, you you kind of agree with me with this is that it's about taking care of your family, which is your first ministry and your first responsibility, mm-hmm. biblical responsibility. And if you can't do that at the church you're at, then you ha- and your church can't afford to uh, invest in you and your family, uh, then you may have to say that I probably am not the best suited for this church. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. That is okay. Yeah. Um, and that's when you may have, may have to move on to another ministry. Uh, the second thing that, um, again, this is kind of, kind of tied in together is, to, is um, there is a, there's a point where if your ministry philosophy uh, does not align uh, with uh, your senior leadership, mm-hmm. that there's a chance you may have, it may get to a point where you may have to move on. And in what, what I mean by ministry philosophy, there, there's, there's always going to be disagreements. Okay. Yeah. Nobody's the same person. Yes. There's always going to be disagreements on, on, on various topics, but when you're getting down to like, for what's the purpose of the church, which and again, we're getting to some theology within mm-hmm. mixing that as well. But uh, in a philosophy of now, now, the biggest thing is, should we move to uh VR church from the metaverse? Should we move move that way, or should we be? I, I'm gonna make people upset a little bit when I say this. Are we gonna be a biblical church and about physical gatherings to where we can be physically present and actually investing into each other and not hiding behind an avatar and not being basically living in a fantasy and not being real with each other? Or, or where where are the lines at? I mean, we already wear a mask at church anyway. Yeah. So and, why would you lean into that when you know that's not biblical? Yeah. So it's, you know, anyway, that's, that's another podcast for another day. But, um, <laughs> but you're right. Like, let's just, let's take a low hanging fruit example. All right. Your philosophy of ministry is that you need to invest in, um, in the parents and the students of your youth ministry and teach them solid, uh, theological doctrine and, um, point them to Jesus. And your senior leadership is like, no, nah, I just want like pizza party and big fun events. Yeah. That's a diametrically opposed um, philosophy of ministry, um, and uh, that if you both have that mentality each, uh, that that's not going to jive well, and someone is going to end up miserable and jobless if you stick to your guns. Yeah, that, that just, that's a great example because David, you and me both, and we've talked about this in podcast for those of you who are avid listeners, that we oppose that mentality of a piece of pizza party mentality. If it if it's it's all about events big events but there's no depth in discipleship mm-hmm. and um big fun and, yeah and that's and that's all it is and and but if i was in if i had a senior leadership who i am under who says looks at me and comes to me and say hey you have to do this you have to have a pizza party type of mentality youth group um it's all about numbers I also I care about just getting those numbers. You what, you had thirty kids this week. Why do you have ten kids this week? And it's all and it's all that type of mentality of production, produce, produce, produce. And if there's not, and I'm gonna be honest, with you, if I, if I'm in that situation, I'm going to say I can't be here. Um, because 
first of all, deep down, I have a conviction that's unbiblical. And we can get that argument at a later date as well. That's a whole other podcast. That's another um, episode. But it, not only that, but it's it's doesn't fit on what I my conviction are for ministry, uh, what ministry is, and what student ministry should be, uh, student youth ministry should be. And so because of that, I would have to look and say, I love you, uh, but we're two different people. We're going two different ways. I'm not. I'm not the guy, best guy for you. Yeah, my youth pastor, my my fifth youth pastor. <laughs> um, he he was really good with our group. I mean, I I've told people I thought he was really um, cut out for a smaller group ministry because he really invested in the kids and he spent time with us and we were we were in his home, and and I I greatly enjoyed that type of ministry. Um, when he had to move on to another church, uh, this is one of those things where here's another reason to leave. You got lied to during the interview process and then they revealed who they really were after you got hired. Um, I won't spend too much time on it, but uh, he found out after he got hired that in addition to like spending time with teenagers, going to their games, doing stuff outside and away from the building, his boss still expected him, his boss being a senior pastor, expected him to be behind his desk 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to laugh at that because that's just totally, <laughs> yeah. totally unrealistic. But yeah, my pastor, I like his his mentality better. He's like, if you are behind a desk for forty hours a week, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, of course, COVID's kind of put a wrench in some of that a little bit because of social distancing and whatever. But hopefully, some of that would change here soon as things start leveling out a little more. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, it's funny you say that, but. I have been in situations where I was told the same thing as an expectation, but then asked where, uh, where are you at? Cause I'm not, I'm not in the office. Right. Uh, in it anyway. Um, so I've been kind of caveat in that situation as well, but I know people in the exact same thing for who have the exact same expectations. And all of a sudden the, after the fact leadership has told them, say, Hey, you need to be in the office. It's like, well, I can't be at two places at once. Oh my god! Yeah, I so. just work for him. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, that, that's that's so true, man. It's is um, and this is this is a kind of a problem. This is when those of you who are listening, um, if you're if you have not if you're currently in the process of a candidation, of candidating at churches, um, one thing to always keep in mind is you are interviewing the church as much as they are interviewing you. Yeah. And at the same time, um, at the same time, understand that if a church makes them sound, if a church makes them out to sound awesome and phenomenal and not giving you any negativity and telling you any of the junk, that needs to be a red flag. They're lying to you on the first date. Yeah, it needs to be a red That's flag. what that is. Yeah, it needs to be a red flag because the fact is is that they're not being totally transparent uh, because every church has issues. Every church has problems. Uh, and if they don't tell you, you need to ask. And if they don't tell you when you ask, then, then that's an automatic no. But anyway, that's a caveat into to that as well. But one thing I just kind of want to hit on, and David, just briefly um, – as well as and something I'm thinking about as we were both kind of wrestling with this of when to quit 
is one thing you have to to think of is 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 the health of the staff. It's one thing that has to be taken consideration. And this was a little bit different because I don't think necessarily you need to quit or move on, uh, particularly just because of this. But you something you have to be careful of because this can lead to that point where you have to. You're you're talking about the health of the culture of the staff, right? Not like their physical health. Yes, yes. Their their spiritual (laughs) health, their their health among each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because it it can eventually become toxic, and that's when, when it comes to a toxic level, that's when, at that point, you're dealing with a lot of junk. You have to quit. You have yes. to move on at that point. Yeah, and we do mean toxic. We don't mean oh, this is hard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and this is particularly to, for more towards senior leadership, but it is also for staff as a whole. But if you if you have a, a senior leadership that is very controlling, um, very prideful, not a lot of humility. Like they're trying um, to build their kingdom, not Jesus's. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, that that has that you has to be red flag. Hmm. You have to be red flag. Say what is going on. That doesn't mean that you're not necessarily quit off the bat once you're noticing some of the stuff. But what you need to do is you first you need to biblically confront your leadership and say, Hey, I'm noticing that. Is, are you okay? And, and come on, you come at it in a very uh, humble way as well. But if your senior leadership gets to a point and your leadership as a whole, um, pastoral leadership gets to, gets to a point where it's all about them. And it's all about uh, their kingdom, their way of the highway, very authoritarian, micromanaging, uh, type of mentality, uh, which is extremely unhealthy, extremely unhealthy leadership on uh, a leadership model. And when you are in that, and that does not change over a period of time, and again, I can't, I can't tell you what period of time that is, because everybody's wired differently to how much they can handle of that type of leadership structure. I would say um, twenty years might be a little too long, though. Yeah, 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 most definitely. <laughs> um, but uh, like, like someone like me, I can't, I can't be around that more than a possibly a year. Uh, I just, I just can't. It's just the way I'm wired. God's wired me. I can't. I, w- I would be miserable uh, being around that type of leadership. But if you're in that situation, you're in that type of leadership. You've got to make hard decisions over a period of time. Uh, or and is if should I move on? Because I'll be honest with you, that that type of mentality of leadership will turn toxic, and will turn into an cause your church environment to begin to be honest, but honestly, come environment like Mars Hill. Um, again, that's and I don't want to pick on Mark, Mars Hill, uh, but it can't it can become that kind of situation where it becomes very toxic in leadership. Um, so just that's an, when it comes to health of staff, that's something I, that. You don't automatically leave when something rough happens, but it's something you have to be very in tune to because unhealthy staff turns in to a volatile situation over time. Yeah, and it can lead to bitterness growing in your heart, and you don't want that. Yeah. It's not what we've been called to do. We're not called to be bitter pastors. We're trying to reach the world that's lost and dying with hope and true joy. It's hard to be joyful and bitter at the same time. 
Yeah, and and a big red flag to me, uh, particularly for for any believer in Christ, for that matter, but for a pastoral staff, uh, and and particularly, most particularly, uh, senior leadership, is if your leadership is unwilling uh, to forgive mm. in the situation. Because every every pastor gets hurt, everybody gets hurt. Okay, you're dealing with we're dealing with messy people. We talked about that earlier, mm-hmm. uh, so you're going to be hurt. But if you are unwilling to forgive, unwilling, fan, uh, fanatically unwilling to forgive, that is a red flag that you need to be aware of, and you need to be, pay attention to that, and make decision. Depending on how that festers over a period of time. You have to make a decision because that's also a red flag to understand that, hey, this guy, this leader is more concerned about their own pride than they are about shepherding their people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, I think we have a history in the church in some areas that people don't um, decide it's time to step out from under that. And it leads to them repeating that behavior yep. when they become senior leadership, if that's what happens. Um, I've seen it happen in my past. I've seen it happen in other churches. I've heard about it's become a stereotype in certain denominations. Um, and I know not all stereotypes are true, but they come from somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if and that that's why I warned against bitterness because if you you know I, I was told once because um, I had a lot of conflict with my dad as a teenager because you know I was a young idiot um, but I was told by somebody who's like you know you probably have a problem with some of these stuff that you have with your dad because you have the same problem yourself yeah yeah <laughs> and I was like well I don't want to hear that um, but they were right you know and so it's it's a good idea to check yourself so I, I know that we didn't cover like this was not an exhaustive. Um, uh, way of covering this particular topic, but it is something that um, hopefully sparked some some thoughts for you, some uh, some prayer prompting for you in your situation. Um, we want to be an encouragement to you. So if you're in a situation where you think, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm where you guys are talking about, Ryan and I would love to talk to you about it. Uh, we have a Facebook page, the Youth and Culture Podcast Facebook page. If you want to reach out, we have a private group. Um, that you can join if you want to hash things out with other people that are doing the same thing you're doing, uh, youth ministry. Um, and if you're a listener and uh, you've been listening for a day or for two years, um, we are very appreciative of you, our listeners. Um, thank you for your patience with us as we um, uh, dropped uh, or didn't drop an episode last time because of sickness and, and just our schedules were bonkers. Um, and so, uh, but we'd still love to hear from you. We'd still love to have a review. If you haven't had a chance to do that, hop on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen, that'll let you and drop a star or comment review. Um, that allows us to stay near the top of the search results so that when people are looking for youth ministry content, maybe they're looking for a a topic that no one's willing to talk about. And somehow we've managed to hit on it. Um, we'd love to be able uh, to be there for them. And, um, and just remember, you know, we're part of a network of podcasts right now, the, the, uh, the RFP network. So if you go to rfpnetwork.org, you can find the other podcasts as well. They, there's several on there that also hit some of these harder issues. Uh, and they're willing to talk through them from a biblical perspective and, and try to toe that line of biblical faithfulness while still, you know, getting down and dirty with the, the mess of ministry. So we'd really appreciate um, uh, you guys checking them out as well. 
Well, guys, stay tuned for our next episode.